Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Say it with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Welcome in and what the Pell is up, everybody. This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. By now, you know what to do. Make sure that you subscribe and or follow, depending on where you are listening to the podcast. And you leave a rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And you tell a friend about the pod. Nothing better than talking Pelicans, especially right now with your friends. And speaking of right now, it is time, fam. The moratorium has lifted as of about 10 minutes ago as I'm recording this podcast. And I'm tentatively recording because of that, because the moratorium being lifted, meaning that Drew could be traded any moment now. We don't really know what that's going to look like, but it's a possibility. And because of that happening, I mean, it's not positive. I mean, it's it's possible, but it's not happening for sure. At least in this time frame that I'm recording this podcast. Because it's 11 o'clock, a little past 11 o'clock right now, Central Time. And nothing's happened yet. So, um, and, and I'm hoping that this will be done and recorded by 12 o'clock comes around. So it will only have been an hour and we'll be able to get you some content in reference to the trade moratorium and everything like that. But there are a few things I wanted to address before things really hit the fan, if you know what I'm saying. So we're currently in a scenario where a two-team trade for Drew more than likely won't happen unless some random team comes out of the woodwork and offers a haul for Drew. There's just too many different things that are needed in order to acquire Drew that just wouldn't make sense for, for two teams to make the, t- the the trade happen because the Pels aren't looking to acquire a ton of picks. There's not a lot of teams out there that have a bunch of young assets and a star. It's, it's not like the AD Lakers trade. It's just not. There, there aren't teams out there that are probably going to be able to give up what they need to get Drew um, unless there's a third team involved. I mean, you could count Brooklyn, but there's plenty of reason to not count Brooklyn at this point in time. Uh, if you haven't heard, the Nets in Houston might be having a trade thing that the Nets could acquire Harden, and who knows what that's going to look like. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit at the, the midway point of today's show. But for right now, we're going to be talking potential Drew Holiday trade scenarios so we talked about it a little bit on the bird calls if you haven't listened to that yet that's sb nation's the bird rights podcast affiliate so i brought up the kemba plus a top 10 pick kind of situation that we talked about this previous podcast i believe that was friday and then i brought up a second scenario that would involve a trade drew the 13th pick and Melly from the Pelicans to Boston in exchange for Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice, a top 10 pick, and Romeo Langford. Now, the initial thought was just Drew in that 13th pick, but with giving up Smart, 
the the Celtics are more than likely going to be in a situation where they want to acquire a little bit more than just Drew because Drew is an incredible defender and great offensively, but you're going to need a little bit more to compensate for what you're getting there. So you're getting the 13th pick, which could ultimately be like a Sadiq Bay who can contribute almost immediately for the Celtics, and then you get Melly who can help on the offensive end of the ball as well. Now, the Celtics are in a situation where they need more depth at center, more size at center, better defensive help at center, because Daniel Tice ain't doing it. Their starting center, Daniel Tice, I believe he's like 6'7 in a center. So you're you're not getting what you need there from, from Tice. Uh, the, the Celtics aren't anyway. So because of their need there, they might not be as willing to give up a Daniel Tice in that scenario, but... They feel like they can get Miles Turner in exchange for Gordon Hayward in a separate or, or a three-team trade that involves the Pacers and the Pelicans. Obviously, the Pels lose out on Miles Turner, but if you get Marcus Smart as well as a top 10 pick, I think that's a pretty solid uh, option for, for the Pels going forward. And the other thing in, in reference to that specific Celtics trade is that Smart is on a pretty damn good deal especially for the, where the Pelicans are at financially. And if they want to be able to offer Brandon Ingram the max, it's a two-year, $26 million remainder of the deal that he's currently on. I think it was like a four-year, $51 million deal. So he's got about $13 million the next two years coming his way. Also, Tice has one year left at $5 million. But if you can, I mean, if, if the Pels can get either Robert or Grant Williams instead, who are both smaller centers there in this trade that's a w because they're both pretty young as opposed to tice i think tice is either getting towards 30 or or i don't know where he's at in age but we're gonna find out here he is 28 so williams and williams are both much younger i believe grant williams just got drafted fairly recently out of tennessee if not recently it was just this last draft so both young guys who can continue to grow on the defensive end of the floor can contribute to a degree on the offensive side of the ball, and they're going to get you boards. So if you can get either of them rather than Tice, that's probably an upgrade in that trade scenario. And in that situation, you get them for a little bit longer. They're both on club options going forward, and they're plenty good. You're going to want to draft a center or or get a veteran center in there next to them, with them, with Jackson Hayes, but... Going long-term, they're, they're definitely upgrades for the Pelicans. And if you get that top 10 pick and it's a Kungwu, you have an immediate replacement for Tice if, if, should he be acquired rather than the Williams, uh, the Williams boys in, in, in Boston. But he can be an easier replacement for Tice going forward. On the bird calls we talked about on Yeka, Kungwu being a potential defensive player of the year. And if the Pelicans really get into that top three-ish range somehow or another and then get a Kung Wu, then it's kind of a done deal. I mean, I didn't talk about him really that much because I thought he was out of reach. I'm pretty sure that the Hornets are going to take him at three should they still be there and James Wiseman is off the board. But he's going to be really good in the league. A Kung Wu is going to be really good if he's if he's available there, and I think he would fit well with the Pelicans going forward. And according to Ali Cosell, he's a guy that the Pelicans could really, really want there in the future. And lastly, I mentioned Romeo Langford. You know, he is 
very expendable. Very expendable for, for the Pelicans at this point. Obviously, Pels are probably going to prefer Semi Ojaleye there rather than Langford. But that's another that's another defensive piece that the Celtics probably don't want to give up in a situation where they're giving up their best defensive piece in Marcus Smart. The thing about Smart, too, before I get too deep into Langford, is that he's a vocal guy. And he's 6'3", but he is a bulldog. And there are just not a lot of people like this guy in the league. So, yes, Drew is great defensively. Smart is probably better defensively because of his versatility. And he's a vocal leader. And my God, do the Pelicans need that. And if they get him to buy in, and they got J.J. Redick at the helm, bought in as well to Stan Van Gundy, Pels could make a massive turnaround defensively this year. So this trade is much better for the Pelicans. And and if you know Marcus Smart, you know what he brings to the table for the Pels. Now, Langford, one more time. This is the last guaranteed year on his contract, and the next two are club options. He's still on his rookie deal. He is 21, so he's super young. So he was a guy who was drafted for his potential in the in the NBA draft this last one <laughs> because it's been more than a year now. But Langford is a guy who pot- potentially could have a lot of impact on the offensive end at some point in his career. We didn't see that this year just because of how loaded the Celtics are. But with that short amount of time remaining on his deal and the fact that the next two years are club options if he impresses you you can keep him around and if not see you later and he can be the 15th guy on somebody else's bench you don't need him he can be a two-way guy he can be a guy you send to europe i mean he was on a really good team like i said but he only averaged 11 minutes and two and a half points a game this year when he did play he only played in 32 games so he's another high ceiling guy that if you acquire him great you can give him a shot while uh, your team is still young. This is a guy who was a high prospect coming out of high school just a few years ago, went to Indiana, didn't really do a whole lot there, but he's still notably a guy who can contribute in the NBA and could eventually be pretty freaking good in the NBA. So if the Celtics are willing to offer him up in a package like this, I'm not upset. So to remind you that that package was Boston trades, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice, a top 10 pick, wherever that ends up being, Romeo Langford, and the Pelicans are giving up Drew Holiday, Nicola Melli, and that 13th pick. And we keep saying that top 10 pick because what the Celtics are trying to do, to, to remind you what's going on here, they have the 14th, the 26th, and the 30th pick. So what they're trying to do is package those picks and maybe some future assets, maybe another player, and move up into the top 10 so they can be in the Drew Holiday sweepstakes. So we don't know where that top 10 pick would be. Obviously, like I said, the Pels, the, the rumors have been that they want Onyeka Kungwu. I don't know how likely it is that that happens. It all depends on the Hornets, where they end up, if they get James Wiseman or not. So we'll see what happens there. But this is a probably a better option than getting Kemba and a top 10 pick, wherever that ends up being. Because Smart's going to contribute a whole lot more on the defensive end of the floor. You get a center for the time being. You don't have to worry about bringing back Derek Favors. And, and Daniel Tice is getting paid a million, or sorry, $5 million for one more year remaining on his contract. He's a little bit smaller, but he's a veteran that can teach a lot of things to Jackson Hayes that can contribute for this year. And then the Pels can transition into 
their next center, whether it be a Kung Wu, whether it be Hayes, whether it be a, a different veteran. So this is a, a pretty good option for the Pelicans and the Celtics should this come to fruition. Obviously, Celtics are in need of a center, and if they end up with Miles Turner, I think they'll be A-OK with giving up Daniel Tice in this situation. Now, we addressed it super briefly at the top of today's show, but this James Harden to Brooklyn thing, it just has to be talked about. Whether it involves the Pelicans or not, we got to talk about it here. Now, there's been no official reports from Woj or, or Shams that Harden has requested a trade. The only thing that I've seen so far is from Scoop B, and we know that dude is full of shit, so probably not too reliable at this point in time. If you don't know Scoop B, he works for some magazine, and he's reported a bunch of stuff that never comes to fruition. So he's really good at acquiring followers on Twitter momentarily. People realize he's full of crap, and then... Uh, he loses those followers. So, not not a guy that I listen to by any means. I haven't seen one of his tweets turn out to come to fruition. So, I figure I'd let you know. Just to know that uh, not a guy to listen to. But, if this trade does come to fruition, obviously a potential Drew destination is off the market. And that being the Nets. So, in other words... No Karis LeVert, no Spencer Dinwiddie, no Jared Allen, no Torian Prince, and no 19th pick coming to New Orleans, which is fine. There are plenty of other halls out there, like the one previously mentioned, Celtics, and three-team trades. Just, there's, there's a ton of options for the Pelicans right now, and there's no need to panic if the Nets are off the table. The Nets have a lot to offer, meaning Karis LeVert. And Jared Allen would be awesome going forward. Torian Prince could contribute a lot. And that 19th pick could do some good for the Pelicans, not just this coming year, but for, for years to come, i.e. if Tyrese Maxey's grabbed there. Again, totally fine. There's other options. Nets may very well still be in the Drew. They're not going to be in the Drew Stakes, but they could be a third-team facilitator I don't know how they, they get in that, but it's doubtful. I, I very much doubt it. If they get James Harden, they're going to be more than content having him, Kyrie, and KD on their roster unless they go out and get some veterans on the MLE looking to go out and win a title. By the way, there has been concern from Pelicans fans that the market for Drew and potential return for him is diminishing because of the reported offers for Harden, or, or what could be offered for Harden. And our fearless leader, Ollie, at the Bird Rights, has gotten ahead of it. He did tweet out this morning, this is quote verbatim from, from Ollie's Twitter, on Sirius XM NBA Radio yesterday, Brian Geltzeeler discussed Drew Holiday's market value. And this is from Geltzeeler. I was told it's not limited at all. The reality is that David Griffin is expecting a significant haul for Drew Holiday and that all indications are that he's going to get it. So, should be less of a concern now. This is a guy that has some intel, apparently, and, and Ollie wouldn't tweet it out if he didn't believe it to be, be legit. So, 
there's been a lot of speculation saying, uh, I don't know how much the Pelicans are going to get for Drew Holiday because the reports were that the Nets were only going to give up Karis Dinwiddie and Jared Allen and maybe Torian Prince or something like that. In all reality, the Nets are going to have to give up a hell of a lot more than that. A hell of a lot more than what I listed at the top being they're probably going to have to give up a ton of picks. They're going to have to give up Levert. They're going to have to give up Dinwiddie, Allen, Prince, maybe more players on their roster, but they're going to have to give up a hell of a lot. You don't just go get James Harden. Like, that just doesn't happen. Trades of this caliber don't just happen. I mean, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, last season, that's not a top three player in the league. They were they were momentous trades. They were massive trades. Paul George thing happening last year and Kawhi signing in Los Angeles was a really big deal, but Kawhi was a free agent. Paul George, definitely not a top three player in the league. So this is freaking massive. And the Rockets aren't just going to take anything for James Harden. They're just not. Why would you take Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen and the 19th pick, Torian Prince, and the 19th pick for arguably the greatest scorer of all time. Like, that's, that's just not happening. And, and the fears are warranted because of those reports, but they're also very much so unwarranted because we've been talking about the Karis Levert, Dinwiddie, Allen being a package for Drew Holiday. Obviously, the Rockets aren't going to settle for those three plus Prince and a 19th pick for James Harden. That's just not happening. It's just not happening. So, the this idea that the, the Pelicans aren't going to get much for Drew is just, it's out the window. It doesn't make sense. It, it's just not happening. And there are a lot of teams that are interested in Drew Holiday. There are so many damn teams interested in Drew Holiday. The fact that the market would be driven down because of, you know, this weird offseason kind of has some plausibility, but it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Because Drew Holiday, we know what he brings to the table. Awesome offensively. Leaves a little bit to be desired offensively. But defensively, one of the top individual defenders in the league, he is going to bring back plenty of value for the Pelicans. He just is. And I've talked about this. I've tweeted about it. I don't necessarily want to see Drew Holiday go. It sucks. I watched some of the highlights from the 2017-2018 playoff series with the Trailblazers, and it's, boy, it hurt me. It hurt to know that Drew Holiday is going to be traded, and he's the last remaining piece from that team. And it's sad. But it needs to be done. Rip off the Band-Aid. Don't pour salt in the wound because we don't want that. If it was a really bad trade, then it'd be salt in the wound. But we're not running into a situation like that. Uh, the Pelicans aren't at the moment. So, anyway, no need to panic. There is absolutely no need to panic right now. Pelicans will receive a good haul and they'll be able to go forward. As to what that haul is, your guess is going to be not as good as mine, I'd like to think. That's why you're listening to the podcast. But 
it, they'll, they'll receive something solid. And, and we've offered some potential trades out there, and, and it more than likely will be a little bit different than what we've talked about here, what we've talked about on the bird calls, but it will be a solid addition to what the Pelicans currently have. Now, I wanted to make this podcast today a little bit short because the moratorium has been lifted and there's not a whole lot to be talked about. We've really kind of hit every single angle and there's no need to really stress about any other teams that could be in the potential Drew sweepstakes right now. I mean, there's just no reason to bring on, you know, a Celtics expert. There's no reason to bring on a Mavericks expert or anything like that because those teams are in the sort of pool of teams that could be pushing for Drew right now, but we've we've really hit all necessary angles, and now is the time to be ready for a trade like that, to be ready for uh, an immediate podcast to be released like that. So I don't want to overwhelm you with content right now. There's so much stuff going on. It's just it, it'd be unnecessary. It'd probably be too much, and we're not doing that. Before we go today, there is one thing that I think needs to be addressed is that every time there's been rumors about a player that is of high caliber that's available, maybe not every time, but there are plenty of situations that we can refer to in the NBA where a player is made available there's reported interest from teams. There's speculation about specific teams that would be in the market for said player. And then another team comes completely out of nowhere and acquires said player, i.e. Oklahoma City getting Paul George just a few years ago, then getting Carmelo Anthony, and obviously that didn't work out. But that's pretty much to a T what we're talking about here. It happens. Does it happen every single time? No. But there are plenty of situations where trades get reported and people are just freaking floored by the team that is then brought up who made the trade. And that's possible here. It's not completely out the window, especially considering basically 29 teams are interested in Drew Holiday right now. But... There are, there are plenty of times where this happens, where a complete surprise team comes out of nowhere, acquires the guy for a haul, and the deal is done. So there have been a few teams that have been talked about by the media, maybe a little bit less than the other teams, and, and we've talked about them briefly here. I think we've talked about all these teams briefly here, but I want to point these guys out, these teams out, to you to maybe make it a little bit less of a shock should these trades happen. Now, we're not talking packages. We're talking teams and and why they might make a move for for Drew Holiday. The first one I want to talk about, and we almost did a, a Drew Holiday trade series like way past the other ones that we've done. I mean, I think the last Drew Holiday trade series was like a month and a half ago. We almost did one with Garrett Corpening from Sports Illustrated on the Los Angeles Clippers last week. I know he tweeted something about it. Something he was saying was that the the Clippers should be intrigued by Drew Holiday. Clippers need to get better defensively. 
especially on the perimeter. They, they've got Paul George. They've got Kawhi. Excellent defenders. They're really good on wings. I mean, we saw Jamal Murray tear up the Clippers in the playoffs. I'm sure they put Paul George on him, Kawhi on him. I'm sure that happened, but he is a point guard. And Drew would be an excellent option there to defend him. And Drew's also from the Los Angeles area, Southern California. It makes sense. It would make sense for him to re-sign there. And that's a big factor with a lot of these teams that may make a move for him, is that he could come and then be gone in a year. Now, if he goes to Los Angeles, either the Clippers or the Lakers, he could definitely re-sign and stay where he's from. That would make a lot of sense. And speaking of which, the Lakers could definitely make a move for him here as well. We've heard LeBron being in the market for another player. LeBron, the Lakers. And one of that, but the player that I've heard recently is DeMar DeRozan. I mean, why not throw Drew in there? LeBron will take anybody and everybody who's a, remotely a star and could make them NBA champions. So would not be surprised if, if Drew goes there. I think he's much more inclined to want to be a part of something like that. One, because he knows AD. And two, because LeBron is the bona fide leader. Drew doesn't have to be, but he can just be a really good teammate. Then there's the Trailblazers that was reported recently. I don't know how that comes to fruition. I don't know what they give up. But the fact that Drew is Damien's daddy, we know that the Trailblazers probably don't want to have to run into that anymore. And they've got defensive-minded veterans like Trevor Ariza, like Yusuf Nurkic that they could give up. And that way the Pelicans wouldn't have to draft a center. That way the Pelicans wouldn't have to draft a wing, at least immediately. Those guys are a little bit older, specifically Ariza. But they could contribute. Do I want that trade to happen? Eh, but it's a possibility. Next, like I just mentioned, the Mavericks. Assuming they don't think they can get Giannis going forward, they've got a potential MVP in Luka. They need help defensively, that's for damn sure. I believe they were are they were the best offensive team statistically ever and like one of the worst statistically on in terms of defense like ever. So they could definitely use it. I mean, they've got Luka, they've got KP, and you throw Drew in there, and that'd be a terror and damn fun to watch. I, I think that would be very beneficial for them. Drew would have to play off ball, so see how that works. But I think the Mavericks could make that work. Rick Carlisle's an awesome coach. And then lastly, speaking of Giannis, it's going to be the Bucks. And I've hit these home. I don't know how the hell they are not in the market for Drew. Pelicans... Absolutely should not want Eric Bledsoe in exchange. That's what the Bucks are going to want to give up. If I'm David Griffin, hell to the no. No freaking way am I trading that or taking Eric Bledsoe in exchange for Drew Holiday. Hell no. No, no, no. Bledsoe does not show up in the playoffs. He is really good defensively and a contributor offensively, but that's a lateral, if not downward move by acquiring him. Pels have to get Brooke Lopez in a trade like that and probably the 24th pick, and another veteran. <laughs> I think the Bucks would be stupid to not make a move for, for Drew. A lot of these haven't been highly reported. We've talked about them in, in brief little stints, more so the Bucks than any of those other teams. But 
Keep your eye out, Pelicans fans. Keep your eye out. This could happen. They could be a third team in a trade scenario to get Drew Holiday. Watch out. This this moratorium being lifted, it is going to be insane. What we're going to see coming here, it's... I really, I really hope we're not disappointed because this has been hyped up by a lot of people and for good reason. It is going to be hefty. It is going to be scary. It is going to be a lot, and it's going to be a lot at once. Pels fans, thanks so much for tuning in today. Make sure you go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Also, Make sure you subscribe and or follow depending on where you're listening to the podcast. You leave a rate and review. Do it! If you're on Apple Podcasts, go check out thebirdrights.com and believe.com. You can check out Bird Rights to get all of the other Pelicans written content and then the believe.com in order to find some other NBA and sports podcasts. Fam, thanks so much for tuning in today. Y'all are the best. I'll be back to you once a Drew trade happens or, or the draft comes around, thinking about going live on draft night. So we'll see how that works. I'll also be on the bird calls, have a decent amount in the next few days. So, so stay tuned for that. Once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.